Hey, audience, what's up? Thanks for choosing this conversation while you're commuting, cleaning up your condo, killing time doing that thing you hate, or out for a walk. This podcaster is grateful for your time. Hall of Fame conversation with a Hall of Famer. I made sure to extract a few gems out of him for your entertainment. And he was about the funniest baller with a lightning tongue, due in large part because of the terms and phrases he used to shred his opponents. We recorded this conversation in an MBA museum of sorts, which was a converted warehouse, so the audio quality is a little different than usual. With that said, enjoy Gary Payton. But we're looking for a personality and a distinctive voice. I am tickled to death at what an idiot I am. Make fun of myself before someone else made fun of me. Have you ever been pochi? I am right now. You always want to do stuff that is different and challenging. Is this fiction? What's happening here? But I need you to talk for like 15 minutes. Please. This is the Cabbie Presents Podcast. I've never met this man, but I would have paid $100 a game in the 90s to hear him mic'd up, unfiltered, chewing up opponents on the court as a nine-time All-NBA performer. Mostly, I would be paying to listen to his dissertation, dissecting opponents' game plans, half-court defenses, and confidence in whoever was guarding him. Gary Payton is a legend from Oakland, a Hall of Famer, an NBA champion, and by all accounts, one of the most entertaining people to ever play basketball. Welcome to Cabby Presents. Thank you. Appreciate you. As a guy that uh, has, has, a, has legendary skill on the court and then a legendary mouthpiece, was there someone that gave it back to you as good as you gave it to them? Well, not really. I mean, I, I love Larry Bird. Larry Bird was pretty good. You know, he had the, the lines, the one lines, and then he'll do it. You know, like, I didn't, get, I didn't get discouraged by Michael Jordan. I didn't get discouraged by Reggie Miller. I thought they were great trash talkers. But if anyone that gave me some good lines and would come back and, and can back it up and hit a jump shot in your mouth or <laughs> talk about you got a Christmas present, here it is, this is jumper in your mouth and stuff like that, it was Larry Bird. I, I think Larry Bird was, was, was pretty good. Uh, interesting you say Larry Bird because I've looked at some stats. His last two seasons right. were your first two seasons right. in the NBA. Right, right. So as you mentioned, giving you Christmas, like he went to work. Here's some random box scores. Okay, December third, nineteen ninety, Seattle at Boston. They gave you guys thirty. Uh, Bird had eleven and ten. You had four points. February twelfth, ninety one, Boston at Seattle, one fourteen, one eleven. Bird eighteen and ten. You had four points, but thirteen assists in that game. Okay, that's your rookie season. Mm-hmm. The following year, Seattle at Boston, December thirteenth, ninety one. You guys lost by twenty. Bird twenty eight and eight. That game, for some reason, you were held scoreless. Still had a seven dimes. And then December 27, 91, Boston at Seattle, 110-87. They won again. Bird had 25 and 10, and you had four points, four assists. Your teams never beat Larry Bird's team. You're own four against Larry. Not you, but your yeah. teams were own four versus those Celtics teams. Well, you got to understand, me coming in, them two, it was two rough, two rough seasons when I uh, played in my first two years. Two, the first two years were, were, were bad. I was playing under um, Casey Jones, who was Larry Bird's coach. Ter- coach. He was his coach when he won. In uh, 84, 84, 86? 85, something like that. It was something like that. Was, I think it was 85 or something like that. And he was used to just having a veteran like Larry Bird on there. So I was only playing the first and the third quarter. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it was very hard for me to adjust to my game. But, you know, the following year, which I will always tell everybody, I wish I could have played against Larry Bird a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Because it would have been it would have been fun. You know what I'm saying? But then my game started picking up and I never beat Larry Bird. So it was one of them things where we knew Boston was really good. We knew they were, were great. And they all, they came in and beat us four times. And, and my four times I played him. And, you know, that's just one of them things that I could chalk up in my, in my, in my, uh, in my resume. Do you remember any of the lines? Like, I know you said he'd give you, he'd say, here's a Christmas present and then hit a J. But are there any others that you remember? And then no. what would you give to him? Would you give anything back or were you like, this dude's a legend, I'm just going to not at that key. Not at that time because I wasn't playing the way I was supposed to play. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't into my, my mode of being Gary Payton, the trash talker. I was just a rookie coming out and I didn't give a, I hadn't had a, I didn't have an opportunity to get to that level. My first two years, I, I, like I said, I tell you, everybody would tell you, uh, they didn't even, they thought I was going to be a bust. You know, really? being a second pick, yeah, because I wasn't playing the way I was supposed to play, you know. Seattle tried to trade me. Uh, they were going to trade me and Sean Kemp. And then all of a sudden. Um, in your first sure, two years? Yeah. And then they, 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 they pulled us in the office and they asked both of us what we needed. And we told them, you know, we needed a change and, and we needed to play the way we wanted to play. And they went and got George Carl. And then George Carl changed our whole whole basketball game. And then it took off from there. Then look what happened. Then the Seattle Supersonics became who they were. The following year. Your two games versus Boston. December 11, 92, you guys beat them by 10. You had 23 and 6. And then December 29th, two weeks later, Seattle at Boston, you guys beat them by 23. You had 18 and 9. So what a difference a coach makes. Right. And then the year you guys went to the finals, so the 95-96 season, you guys played in Boston. You guys beat them by 30. You had 26 and 9. And then the next time you played the March 1st, 96, you had 21 and 7. So you were well into right. the all-NBA, all-defense. Yeah. So it really, the coach really makes that much of a difference? It does make a difference because it gives you more confidence in yourself. Uh, coach Carl, first thing he did when he came in, he said, this is what they brought me in here for us, you two guys. And we have to, we're going to start with you two guys. If I can't change you around, then we're going to have to get rid of you. That's what he told us. And then uh, he talked to me and, and he said, uh, you know, what do you need? I said, sure, I just need to be back to where I played when I, when I came out of Oregon State. And he said, well, I got something that's going to get you like that. And uh, he went and got Coach Tim Gergerich. Uh, you was a coach at uh, UNLV with uh, Tarkanian. Oh, okay. With Tarkanian. Under, under, under Larry, Tar Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, MM teams. The yeah, teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stacey Augman, all right. of them yes, guys. Of yeah, yeah. You know, they had made a big run. They had won a championship. And then they got in trouble. And then they got fired. So then he went and brought him in. And first thing, Coach Gerd came and he told us that we're going to have to come back and, and go to the summer league. In our third year, we had to go back to summer league and start playing basketball. And then he took me into a uh, hotel room and said, hey, let's watch film. And first film he put on is when I was playing at Oregon State. He said, this is a kid I like, and this is the kid I try to get after your freshman year because they tried to recruit me after the freshman year to leave Oregon State to come to UNLV because okay. they wanted a point guard. And then Greg Anthony transferred and went there. So, yeah, right. because I didn't choose to go. So it was one of them things where he said, we're going to get you back to that. If that's what you want to do, so what you're going to have to work all summer. And then I went into summer league in Utah when it was in Utah at the time. And me and Sean averaged about 27 apiece. And, and all of a sudden, it took off. It started taking off. You mentioned that George Carl instilled some confidence in you. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that was 
you know, generous with his compliments. And, you know, and I know, and you come from an older school where it was a lot of tough love was how you, how you guys were taught or whatever. Was he the dude that yeah. he boosted the guy up? He was in, he was in you. You know, he was in you. He was in you. Let me, that, I feel say, like that say, means he gets on yeah, you, though. Yeah, he, 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 he gets on you. You know what I'm saying? But he says things that get you upset. That's the way it goes. He gets you upset, but... During them times, coaches can say anything to us and we wouldn't have to take it personal. What I would do is I would try to upstage him. I'll try to make him look like a fool because he's talking bad to me. And then when I do something special and make him win, I'll look at him and he'll just he'll just smile. And then he'll just leave it alone and turn around and walk away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then that's when the relationship got to a point where it's just like he didn't say anything to me. He was like, just run, in, run any play you want to run. We've seen this this final year, Dwayne Wade really embrace the soccer tradition of exchanging jerseys as a measure of respect and, and sportsmanship. And I think that tradition started in the 50s in the World Cup. I think 54 is the first time it was documented in the World Cup. Did that, did something like that exist in your era where you, you guys would exchange jerseys or at the, after playing one of the legends, you got their jersey later? Did that ever exist? That never existed. The only thing that we did was probably we would go over there and ask them after the game could we had a jersey or something, whoever we idolized. Uh, I only did it to one person. I, I did it to George Gervin. But he wasn't Iceman. in the yeah he wasn't in the league when I got in the league which was unfortunate for me and I and I idolized him since I was a little kid, uh, but when I first got with him I just wanted everything of his you know but during our era I don't think we did that we wouldn't do that I mean we weren't friends like that with a lot of people. I don't get. I don't take nothing from D Wade because that's just something that he started and did. You know, and that was a great thing that he did. He, the last, the last dance. That's what it's called. <laughs> yes, you know, right, so right. you know that's what he wanted to do, and, and that's what he wanted to you know bring into. And, and look what it started. It started something great. You know, it was a great year for him. Uh, unfortunately, you know, they dropped out of the playoffs at the end, and he couldn't go on further. But that's something that he did, and I, I'm not. I'm not mad at that. It, all eras change. But, you know, during our era, we probably wouldn't have done that. Gary, what is in your personal Hall of Fame, like the museum at your home? Like you mentioned, you, you asked, you got George Gervin's jersey. I imagine there's some of your jerseys or whatever, maybe some of your, your sneakers. But do you have any other players, any other legends jerseys at your place? Well, on the um, wall or anything? Yeah, I got a lot of people. You know, uh, shoot, I even got people that people don't even think. Rod Strickland. I, I, oh, I wow. Got, yeah, I got Rod wow. Strickland, man. Any uh, baseball players? Uh, yeah, jerseys? Barry Bond, um, Pete Rose. I got Ricky Henderson. Uh, that was a big legend, Dave bro. Henderson. You remember old school <laughs> yeah. Dave yeah, Henderson? Yeah, of course, when of he used to high side with the bat and then catch the ball. Man, that was, man, they say, I, I got a lot of baseball players. I got all the rings. Uh, some of the guys I uh, went to, I'd be going to a lot Wait, of the uh, actual championship rings. Yeah, we 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 bought you know some. I got three of them. I got Pete Rose, one of Pete Rose's from the uh, Reds in the seventies. Yeah, 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 big red machine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. wait, you were one of Pete Rose's World Series yeah, rings? Yeah, and 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 um and Willie Mays. Yeah, Willie Mays. Yeah, I spent almost fifty thousand dollars for it. Well, yeah. it's Willie Mays. Like yeah, he's yeah. arguably two or three greatest baseball players ever. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, when you go to them type of auctions, because a lot of people want to buy a lot of your stuff. Fifty yeah. grand, though. Yeah, I'm just processing grand. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so a lot of people don't know it. It's on my wall in my in my um, in my home. Yeah, it's on the wall in my home. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of, um, I guess uh, some of these collectibles, they're 
your signature shoe, the the Nike Zoom GPs, I believe they're called the Hawks, or mm. uh, which which were issued in 1998 or 1999. We're coming up on the 20th anniversary. Do you know if those sneakers will be reissued man, as we are in? Man, man, as a matter of fact, my son. Let me see. My son just sent me that. Uh, let me see. It, my son just sent me that, and he was asking that all his buddies was calling him. If to see if they're going to be reissued? Yeah, and, and, and I think I got that in my phone. Let me see what I got. And um, I think Nike is doing that, and I think they were going to surprise me or something about that. And let I guess me the surprise see. is out of the bag. It's out of the bag. It's out of the bag. Can we get, can we get a, you know, a crate of these, uh, of these sneakers? Matter of fact, there they go right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> them. And what they say? Returns on, on April. Okay, so they are, they are being released. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet. Your son, so Nike or nobody even let you know that, okay, we're going to reissue. These are like, those were made for you. Yeah, but you know, they don't do that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, like right, this the glove shoe. You see how they made it a baseball shoe? Oh, no. They don't even tell you about what's going on until the end. And then they'll tell you when they're going to release it. And then you get all the royalties off of it. Okay. I like it that way. I like it that way anyway. <laughs> when you get me with a check, I'm good. <laughs> I that. Would would Zion have busted through yours? Yours had like a like a, a ski uh, buckle. Right. Like the buckle, the zoom buckle. one had the buckle. Yeah. Well, do you think he would have busted through your shoe? He's a big kid, man. Some shoes bust. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? He's played a lot of years playing basketball and haven't busted out a shoe. And then all of a sudden he busts out one shoe and everybody makes a big deal about it. Well, that shoe it probably. Would, the way that it like, well, I mean, it's two eighty five, right. six eight, six but nine. We, but we got to think about. But we got to think about how long he's been wearing that shoe. He had probably been wearing that shoe for a long time, and it wore down, and then it really tore down. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like I have a shoe on, and I wear it for two months, and then all of a sudden the wear and tear comes on, and then all of a sudden you make a powerful move like he does, and it comes off, it rips. But ask him how many shoes has he busted out any? Probably none. Yeah, maybe. Probably only that one. So we haven't even seen that. So, you know, that's, you know, I don't be predicting all of that stuff. I mean, that's just one shoe that he busted out of. It happens. You know what I'm saying? Everything happens. Every shoe is not perfect. All of them are not perfect. You're going to do something that's going to bust out. And he probably just busted out of that shoe. I was talking to P.J. Tucker recently, and he said sometimes if his shot's not falling in the first half, he'll actually change his sneakers. I missed a couple shots. I'm not feeling it. The grip's not good. If, if just anything he's not feeling right, I'm taking them off. If I'm rolling, I'm probably going to keep them on. Uh, but if I don't like something or I'm missing shots or if somebody scores on me or something, then I'm switching shoes for sure. Recently, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lauer, they were playing a playoff game, and they changed their shoes, their sneakers at halftime because they were down big. And if they didn't end up winning that game, but Pascal had a great second half and maybe just a psychological thing. In your day, did you ever like change a jersey or change a pair of kicks just because your shot wasn't falling? Nah, that your, your, your wear don't that don't that don't do nothing. Wear well, you because the athletes, game. you guys are so superstitious. You have like these like little things, you know. You I don't know. have no superstition. I didn't ever do anything the same way. I just went in there. Only thing I did the same way is I took a, a hot tub before. Before the game? Before the game, I sat in there, and then I always ate McDonald's before I did it. What? It doesn't care because I wanted to get full. You know, I just wanted to make make myself full and make myself ready. That's it. But about games, if I'm going in there having a bad game, I think the bad game is on me. 
I got to change my mentality and I got to get aggressive, more aggressive with a lot of things. If my jump shot wasn't on, I'll go to the bucket more. That's what I started having my mentality to say, go to the bucket and get to the line. It's not happening in the night. And then everything starts to open up when you get to the free throw line and get free, free throws. But a lot of people have different superstitions. My young buddy, uh, uh, Jason Terry, when he first got in the league, he, he always idolized me and he kept uh, a picture of me in his sock. Really? That's just the thing that in like happens. the Atlanta days? Yeah, when yeah, yeah, when he first got to the league. So that was just the way things happened. Then he kept the shoes that I gave him because I was going to sign with uh, St. John's University coming out of college. And he was a young boy, and I gave him my shoes, the ones that I had from long, from a long time. And then I gave it to him because he went to Arizona, Arizona University, and they were red. So... He wore them and did he warm in the, in the first game in, in his league. So, you know, guys got different superstitions, but I didn't ever have one. I never. Gary Payton continues to drop dimes. Speaking of which, you know what would be cool? An assist to the Cabby Presents archives on YouTube by navigating to the TSN YouTube channel, which has a bunch of interviews, video podcasts, waiting to be devoured like this next story from Gary Payton. Oh, and if you haven't done so already... There are five stars available to be selected as the rating for this podcast. Make the right decision. Let's hear the rest of this unreal game day story. Gary, can you put me in the car um, when you would drive up to the drive through at McDonald's? And what were you? <laughs> and I just want to know what you ordered uh, uh, before you played a game and you gave a team 25 and 10. Well, when I when I first started going, they didn't know who I was, and then all of a sudden, when they knew games were, and and I go through the drive-through, and they would recognize my voice, and they said, "Oh, Mr. Payton, okay, you want the Big Mac with fries, <laughs> and a, and a strawberry shake, and, and some and, and some McNuggets." I said, "Yep," and then it'll be right there, and then I'll pay for it, and I go through, because because McDonald's was right by the arena, it's right around the corner from the arena, like the Space Needle was right there, and then McDonald's was right here, and then I'll go in there, I'll go. In to my locker, I'll put it right there, and I'll go sit it by the uh, by the hot tub. They'll have all the hot well, tubs. You have to eat McDonald's like right away, bro, because the fries will get soggy and they'll get right. Cold. The fries will, your fries will get soggy, but you know I'm right there. I'm two minutes away. You know what I'm saying? You wrap the bag up real tight so the heat can stay in there. You you, you got to understand that, right? You got to wrap the bag up real real tight, and then you can get there in five minutes, and they're still good. They'll, they'll still be good. They'll still be good. I can't believe that of like you played at the highest level in your sport and you were eating crushing McDonald's before games. Every game, man. I used to eat McDonald's on a regular, man. That's all I used to do. And then in breakfast. How are you not 300 pounds right now? Can't do it. Can't do it. I, you know, I can't be 300. Don't look right. <laughs> 300 don't look right. You don't look, don't look like look me, right. bro. I feel like you're crushing. It's, I mean, you probably can't eat McDonald's like you used to. No, no. I can't eat it like 3, that. 3,000 calories a game or 4,000 calories a game. But you know, I do. You know, I do once a once a month. I get a cheat day. I go to McDonald's. Yeah, you know, I crush it. <laughs> I, you, I crush it. I get, I get a Big Mac, ten piece nugget, large fry, and a big strawberry shake. Now? Yeah. Like these days? Yeah. It once a month. I do it once a month. And then you run a, a, a like a ten miles to yeah, burn yeah. it off. No, and then I I lay down for a little bit. And then at the end, no, you can't go to sleep. I got, I got to. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. They always say heartburn and all that crap. That don't work. You got to get up, and then when you get up, then you go ride a bike or you do something or you go. See what I do is I go take my dog and I run my dog. (laughs) 
So I got, I got a big Corso cane. I run the dog down the street. And then it all comes out. <laughs> it all comes out. It's going to be a long run, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah it comes out. a lot out. of food. But yeah, but you know, you don't really eat it all. You know, you probably eat half of the half of the quarter pounder with cheese, half of the fries, and and half of the uh, half of the nuggets. It's a good taste. It's just a it's a taste bud for me. That's all. But I, I kill a, I kill a milkshake. I kill a milkshake. <laughs> milkshake is me. I, I gotta drink the milkshake. But you know that's bad. I, I'm telling you all of this, and then my doctor probably sitting over there. He see this. He be like, I did not tell you not to eat all of that. <laughs> you know that's bad for me. I feel you. Um, I was talking to uh, Terrence Ross uh, recently, and he was training once at UCLA and LeBron. LeBron, like rented out the gym so they were they were shooting there and then one week they just couldn't go because like LeBron rented out the gym and Kobe was a guy that you had he had to invite you to come work right. out with him in the summertime in your era what were those summertime runs like I heard that Michael magic. Michael had a few magic was ours magic was ours at UCLA we used to go up in there and get a lot of runs at UCLA he used to run the gym everybody used to come in there he used to have different people come in there and we just get a competitive run we didn't do it often, you know, but we did it. You know what I'm saying? I, I went up there. What were the those summer. runs like? Great, great runs, man. I mean, we used to all be competitive, but Magic used to try to run it. Every time he called a foul, it used to be his way like he was God or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we used to always get into it. I'd be like, look here, man, I ain't coming up in here for this. Let's just play basketball and run. You know what I'm saying? So, so no fouls are called. Yeah, we didn't need all that foul stuff, man. Unless it was a hard, hard foul, which we played like that anyway. You know, if you play like that, just play. We'll go through it. But don't be when it's on game time and you want to foul five times because so you want to win, man. We won. You know what I'm saying? We made a bucket. So, but it was good run. Everybody was there during, during the Magic era. Yeah. Speaking of uh, competitiveness, I, I come from like a video game era and we used to play like got your characters in video games on Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, more specifically the NBA Jam uh, Tournament Edition. Do you have any of the arcade games? Since, since you were in the game, did they send an oh, arcade yeah, you game you? know that they you? used to, they're on fire, you know, the big heads and stuff. Yeah, you know <laughs> yes, I got yes, that. Yes. Me and Sean Kemp was, was, the, was the man at NBA Jam. That's what everybody used to play with. And then sub Detlef Ford and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got two machines. You know, I'm a big arcade uh, geek. I, I do the big machines. I don't do the PlayStation stuff no more. I got the real actual arcades. I got um, at both of my houses, I got all the arcades in there where it goes. I made my garage a big arcade in California. Oh, sick. So, yeah, we can open up the garage during a, a nice um, summer day, have all the music, TVs all in there, all the games, turn them on, and everybody come in there. We have a poker table in the middle. We do all kind of stuff. And then we got tables, a Seattle table, a Laker table, a Boston table. Like so the poker tables have the, the, the logos? The, the logos and, oh, and stuff right. all on it with the chairs or the, the, the chairs. And we all sit there, have beer. You know, I had a the tap beer thing that comes through the thing. I, I, you know, I got it all, man. I got it all, man. So it's like, it's real cool. It's real, real cool. See, that's a time where I would love to hear. I would pay $100 just to hear you, just you, for like that night, whether it's three hours or four hours, just telling you. You, have, you have a good night doing that night because I talk crazy doing that. All my boys come over here and we start getting a little, little drunk and I talk crazy. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 they don't be wanting to handle it. And then we be playing a lot of cards, Uno, we do Uno now. Really? Uno is the game right now. Yeah, I've played Uno game. since I was maybe like 10. I don't yeah, even know if I remember. But I play, play that. We, we got Thursday nights now. 
Uno Thursday nights. At your place? At my place. That's what we all do. Yeah, it'd be, it be nice. It's nice. This is, the, uh, yeah, this is, um, <laughs> how does someone get an invite, bro? I know. You, I'm wearing, wearing, wearing all, you gotta do is come, all you got to do is come to Cali, man. Come to Cali, man. Come to the United States. Hit me up. Hey, you can do to. Uno any Listen, night. I will bring the McDonald's. Bring will, it all. I will bring some some adult beverages yeah. just to make everything go nice and smooth. Yeah. And then we'll leave the phones at the door and then just enjoy. Like, That's story. what we like. We don't need no phones. We're going to have a good time by ourselves. Right? <laughs> we don't need no phones. Lastly, uh, in your era, social media didn't exist. Who's the teammate that you, that you played with that would probably get in the most trouble based on what they would comment on other people's posts or responding to people, whether, you know, you guys maybe lose a game. And then, you know, the fans, you guys read everything. They get on you right, sometimes. Right. And they, they're relatively anonymous. I didn't, have, I didn't have one of them. A teammate that would be like, oh, nah, man. You know, I played with Sean Kemp. Probably wouldn't do it. I played with uh, Nate, Nate, Nate McMillan, Nate Mc- Rick, Rick, Ricky Pierce, Eddie Johnson, uh, Deadlift Shrimp, which probably wouldn't do it. Sam Perkins, Hershey Hawkins, I don't think would do it. I Wait, think, are you the guy that would do it? Then? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I'm not really on social media now. You know yeah, what I'm saying? At no. 24 or whatever. Nah, I wouldn't have did it, man. We did too much. We'd have been in too much trouble. I think our era was a little bit more wilder than this era is right now because they're young. See, we came in the NBA when we were 21, 22 years old. We were Still already established, old. but it wasn't, it wasn't young at 17, 18. That's yeah. young. 21, 22, you'd have been in college for four years. You learn how to do things. You, you can go to a bar and drink. You, you, you're you adults, you know what I'm saying? So it's a little different from 17 and 18 to 21 and 22. A lot different, you know what I'm saying? I don't think, but you know, you still got that young mind. You got a lot of money in it, but our social media wasn't like that. We didn't even have camera phones. Yeah. But everybody's doing this you every day. You literal Polaroids or literal like right. Fuji. Like, See, when people, if people would have came in clubs with Polaroids and small phones, small little cameras, they would have been in trouble. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we wouldn't have let that happen. So our era, I think, is a little different. It's because everybody thinks this Instagram and this Twitter is so good right now. I don't think our era would have been like that. We, it was just too, we were too, too private and too old for that to be doing that. But everybody has to now accept it mm. because that's what it's all about. People want likes. People want 1.8 billion to follow you. And the reason why is because a lot of things come with that. You know, a lot of money comes with that. Popularity comes with that. But as we were older, you don't, we don't care. I don't care about popularity. I don't care about the money thing. If that's going to happen, it's going to happen. We're going to get it anyway. So I don't even do it now. You know what I'm saying? So people always ask me, Gary, why you only got 300 likes? Yeah. I don't care about all of yeah, that. But you're you know, not really in it for that. I'm you're not in it for all of that. Parts of so, your life. Yeah, they were like, well, let me make it where you can get a, 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 a million. I'm like, I don't need a million. You know what I'm saying? I'm already good. So I, I'm already established myself. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about Instagram. I'm not really worried about Twitter. But it just comes with what you do now because that's the way this era is. It would have been a pleasure to be to be your teammate and to spend some time in those locker rooms and spend some time on those team planes, all that bonding, and then certainly to have a front seat to watch you work, carve up defenses and opponents. That would have been so. As a fan, we definitely appreciate it, but it would have been pretty special to be there on the bench or be there in the trenches with you. You would have had a ball. Uh, oh, would you would have had a ball. I'm telling you, you would have had a ball because I would have been you. The stuff I was saying, man, and I was doing, <laughs> man. Woo. 
<laughs> you the road, man. Some days I used to go into places and get about 50 shots, man, and put them on the table. And you would have to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the wrong era, and you certainly were born in the right era. Gary, Gary Payton, this is a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for listening to Gary Payton. This was Cabbie Presents, the podcast. 